Hello and welcome to Project Performance. This podcast is brought to you by IADT Radio Society and IADT Students Union. I am your host, Cathy Ann Murphy, and I am very excited for today's episode because I am joined by a very special guest, Paul MacDonald, who is a lecturer in IADT as well as a very accomplished artist himself. Today's episode is also on the topic of ensemble. Again, if you would like to get involved in this discussion, you can tweet us or tag us on Instagram or Facebook. So for today's episode, there won't be too much of myself talking um, about the topic of ensemble, just due to the fact that the interview itself holds so much information. It's a longer interview, a very, very interesting interview. So I've decided that we will go straight into the interview with Paul MacDonald today. So many of our listeners are either current students in IADT, graduate students or also other artists that may not be affiliated with IADT. But Paul is a very talented sculptor. He is a very talented artist. He is also a great tutor. So I was had the privilege of being taught by Paul during my time in DSS and IADT and I have great memories of him as a lecturer he's extremely supportive and to this day is extremely supportive of my work and how far my career has come so far so to introduce paul paul mcdonald is a contemporary hyper realist sculptor living in the west of ireland he has worked as a designer model maker and art director in the film industry for the past 25 years For the past six years, he has worked with Mockness, the spectacle and street theatre company, to create giant human figures that have now roamed streets all over the world. Using his diverse skill set, Paul has shifted focus, dedicating himself to the fine art sculptor. Using resin, platinum silicone, animal hair and many other materials, MacDonald constructs realistic three-dimensional portraits. Alongside his sculpting work, Paul presently lectures in design for stage and screen and has lectured in 3D design and model making. Programs in the Institute of Art Design and Technology in Dunleary, Dublin. In 2018, he graduated with an MA in Creative Arts Practice from the Centre of Creative Arts and Media in Galway. So hello, Paul. Hello, Katia. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. So, Paul, if you could tell me, what is your field of work? My field of work, well, it's uh, it's extremely broad and um, and then sometimes very narrow. Uh, I started off my career, I suppose, uh, with creating models. Um, I cre- uh, and that was spaceships, uh, landscapes, um, architectural models, and uh, I was fascinated by creating worlds. So the next stage from that would be uh, creating puppets, creating characters for those worlds. Um, but that's sort of, that's sort of work. It's it wasn't. It, this is very early on. This is about twenty five years ago, and uh, that work wasn't plentiful. So I had to uh, sort of branch off into all sorts of different types of work. Um, and um, I've I've pretty much nearly done everything at this stage. I haven't done digital, but I've pretty much done everything at this stage. Um, to basically keep my career going. Well, when I left IADT, I was the, I was one of the first model making courses uh, 
to, uh, to graduate from IODT, there was no film industry for model makers. Now there is, it's fantastic, it's absolutely brilliant. Um, but uh, when I came out, uh, you had to, I had to find your work and that was not necessarily the easiest thing to do at that stage. So you just mentioned there that you actually studied in IDT yourself and then obviously later you did a master's more recently. And what I'm wondering is why did you decide to follow this career in the arts world? At the arts world, okay. Um, like when, uh, um, when I was a kid, uh, I, was, I was a nerd, complete nerd and it didn't really fit in. Uh, and uh, the the only place I sort of felt comfortable was with it was uh, sort of on my own creating things. Now I never thought I could do anything. I never had that confidence. Um, and my art teacher never thought I could do anything either. Um, but uh, at that st at that stage, you had a choice: uh, either you do science or you do art. And I was told, Paul, do science. Um, um, so uh, I didn't. <laughs> I did art, <laughs> and I um. I, and there was, a, I always wanted to do something like, uh, at that time, um, the thing that came out, it was huge, absolutely massive, uh, was Michael Jackson's Thriller. And I thought that this was just, oh, it was epic. How you could transform Michael Jackson into a, a werewolf and then a zombie. Um, so that fascinated me, absolutely fascinated me. Now, um, at that stage, trying to find books, videos, there was no internet. Yes, I am that old. Um, and uh, and no, no mobile phones either. Um, uh, and definitely not Instagram. Uh, but the, uh, you couldn't get information. And I, I was scrambling and scrambling to try and uh, get information. Craig Guidance teacher told me to do uh, business studies. Um, but I, I went on a path uh, of creating a portfolio and then got sick of it, really. And left the whole thing behind and went and did outdoor education. Um, believe it or not, I went down a path that was completely the opposite. Um, uh, but I came back to it, and at that time, I was lucky enough that model making had come on. Um, to the, it didn't exist uh, before that. No, nothing like that existed. And uh, I saw it, and I said, "That's for me." And uh, I, I applied for it. I wanted to do makeup, um, uh, but they wouldn't let me in. Uh, they'd let me into mod making, um, so I did mod making. I loved it. I absolutely loved it, uh, and I've loved it ever since. Uh, and not just doing it; I still do it. But uh, uh, I love teaching of it. I love the excitement that you can get between me and a student, or just as a group of people, um, uh, creating a world and characters within that world, and telling a story. Ultimately, telling a story. Yeah, I agree. And I think a lot of people could agree with this, especially our listeners who are artists. When you're in school, it's there is this kind of stigma around your career choice when you go to college and the points and the university and so on. And there's a lot of stigma around maybe you should do science, maybe you should do maths, maybe you should do teaching, nursing, all of these kind of careers. And there isn't, well, when I was in school, there wasn't a huge focus on the arts in terms of it being a career choice or going to art college and those options there. So it's interesting that then obviously you decided that that was the route you're going to go down. And I, I also chose that eventually that would be my career and what I love doing. It's still like that. It's still like that in a way, which is bizarre because I meet people all the time and you can see them that they're passionate about wanting to do this weird, untangible stuff. 
um, uh, whether it be on stage or on the street or on film or whatever, uh, want to make stuff. Um, but it's, it's not really encouraged and we are sort of a, a weird unique group of weirdos um, that love to do this stuff. But when, when you, it's like your tribe um, uh, and uh, you sort of feel a little bit uncomfortable or out of it until you've um, you know, become part of that tribe. And that's, yeah. I, that's ultimately I think what IADT does the best. Yeah. It picks up all the people who sort of feel out of place and gives them a home. And I, I, I'm like, it's, I started there and I now end up back there teaching. <laughs> Um, so there must be something about the place. Yeah, and I've spoken to a lot of current students and also graduates on this show so far. And numerous people have said to me that when they came to IODT, they certainly felt like they were at home. That they felt like they could fit in and engage with everybody. And there was no sense of, you know, obviously like you said being strange or being a bit weird. And you had the freedom to explore what you wanted to with that support and that's really good for the college I think and it really is um, a, a homage to you as tutors and, and what you can achieve with the students. So moving on, what inspires you? So is there a particular artist? Is there something that really inspires your work and your worth ethic? Ron Muick. I don't know if people know him. Ron Muick. Um, Ron Muick. Uh, 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 what? Before Ron Muick, and, be, and he actually worked with this dude as well, was Jim Henson. Um, Jim Henson, I suppose, if anybody doesn't know him, you do. Um, uh, because he's the creator of the Muppets, creator of Sesame Street. Um, and I, I think that's the, that was my dream, I suppose. Was, and, I, and I looked at that and I said, well, if that fella can do this... Um, and create all of these mad worlds. And not just like, uh, he, like he didn't just you know transform somebody with a makeup he he, he he got other people to do that but it was the whole world of uh, creating uh, these um, fantastical places full of creatures and um, whether that be humans or these fantastical creatures I have to say he sort of started me off and all that and a dude who who worked with him uh, Ron Muick a lot of people worked um, uh, with uh, Jim Henson's uh, at that time it was Jim Henson's creature shop uh, in London, now it's in, in uh, I think it's Los Angeles, uh, but he's a hyper realistic sculptor as well. I think he's Australian. Um, another fe uh, fella is Sam Jinx, another fella, uh, or another woman, uh, is um, Patricia Puccini, I think that's how you pronounce her name. They're all um, sort of hyper realistic um, uh, sculptors, if you will, and uh, they sort of deal with. Uh, oversized and miniature uh, um, hyper-realistic sculptors that sort of throw off your uh, sort of or sort of give you an uneasy feeling sometimes uh, and sort of they uh, like Patricia Pacini plays with uh, the uncanny valley she throws herself into it uh, whereas I think Ron Muick and Sam Jinx they avoid it and um, you feel really comfortable with this stuff because of the different si scale and size. Mm. Um, but yeah, well, at the minute, that's what it is. But like, I fly from one person to the other, see, and I, I, I but I, the thing is, I, I, what I love and I'm fascinated with is, the, and I didn't have this as a kid, I didn't have this because, you know, you're also, you know, you're in your room and um, you didn't meet many people who are into art. 
uh, and uh, Instagram, as long as you don't fall into that trap uh, of social media. But it's fascinating that you can see your heroes and, and even talk to them. Uh, like that just boggles the mind. But there are so many like savage artists out there. Uh, it's it's mind boggling. Now I have to say, um, and I have fallen prey to it at times that uh, Instagram or social media, uh, it does affect your mental health. It does affect how you view how good you are. And um, it, 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 once you can control that or um, put that aside, it's fantastic. And I'm going, I jump from one artist to another artist. So I'm inspired by loads of things. I'm inspired by my students, for Christ's sake. Uh, like, uh, they, they will come up with something that I'm going, oh, well, I never thought about that. Um, or, uh, or somebody would say, um, uh, I want to do this, or I want to create this. Um, can we do it? And I'm going, hell yeah. Um, um, let's, let's have a go. Um, me knowing, I don't know how we're going to do this, but we'll have a go. And um, um, yeah, they inspire me all the time. My kids inspire me. I, like, loads of people inspire me. I don't think it's one person, really. Cool. And something that we touched on in last week's episode, or the week before, was social media and how we can use it and adapt it by artists and how we can promote our work. But I guess, in a way, there is some negativity. Like everything, there's negativity with things. And in terms of social media, sometimes there's competition. I don't know necessarily if that's with artists who create physical work or digital work. Maybe it's more so with theatre. I'm not too sure. But I wonder, is there kind of a negativity as well as positive for social media for artists and promotion of work? It, it, it sometimes comes with a sacrifice as well. Actually, no, it does come with a sacrifice. Uh, like I, I um, um, and with the first lockdown, uh, that's Beckett in the background there, I decided I'd go out live. Um, but the toll that that took on me, I, I, was, I was quite surprised. Um, uh, it wasn't like normally um, just sitting there and sculpting something. Uh, you sort of felt the pressure uh, of trying to uh, hold up other people. Uh, now I enjoyed that as well because there was a lot of people who did in, uh, uh, connect with it uh, and it was the only way we could connect with social media. Um, but um, it's, it's a fantastic tool but it also is, you have to be careful how you use it I think. Yeah I think the same thing is when you're doing something online especially even a podcast, film online, a live video, a live stream, it's very hard to gauge the response from people it's very hard to engage if people are actually interested or if you're getting positive feedback because obviously in a live performance you'd get that feedback so I guess that's kind of a a difficulty in a way I guess when you're creating work that's meant to be for online you're not getting the same thing but uh, I just watched your film before we came on and I thought it was fabulous um, uh, and uh, it, it, it gave me a beautiful warm feeling uh, and very nostalgic and uh, uh, and I, I, I felt that I was that person in that church not that I not that I'd be going to church uh, but uh, uh, but I could re I could remember how that felt uh, and uh, but uh, like I can tell you that to you to your face now that we're talking um, but uh, when you're doing this sort of stuff and I've done it I've done this since since March um, I you're literally talking to the wall um, and uh, it does get at you uh, after a wee while if you don't get feedback uh, uh, um, and it's I think the feedback I think for 
uh, whether it be good or bad, actually. Um, yeah. um, but I think the feedback is something that is difficult to achieve in this manner. Yeah, definitely. And just, just moving along, what, now this might be a difficult question, but what is the best piece of live performance that you have ever seen that can be, um, it could be a show, it can be a piece of theatre, it can be a piece of like an exhibition, but it has to be live. I have a few. Um, uh, for uh, a performance piece uh, uh, I saw in the Gaiety, it was called Slava Snow Show. And um, it basically, uh, I'd never seen anything like this before. And uh, it was uh, pretty much a clown. And, um, and I, I had a counterpart as well. Um, but there was a use of models, there was a use of props, and uh, you were brought on this journey. Um, uh, now, I've, I've seen um, it done many times since, little bits of it. Um, but uh, this person, it was, it was a marvel at mime. And um, like you've seen it, you know, um, uh, a coat stand comes out and a coat is on it and the arm goes around and it looks like there's two people there. Um, um, but there was this whole story of loss and, and joining together again. And the, um, mentally in his head, you could see him going through this, uh, this storm. And I'll never forget it. I'll never forget this. Um, and the, the feeling was, uh, it was pure, pure shock. Oh, uh, and wow at the same time and it was uh, uh, like we were at a stage of him struggling so much and the whole place went black and uh, not a sound and everybody was transfixed and um, these must I don't know what size fans to wear but um, there was these uh, fans kicked off and looked like this, this literally this blizzard came into the, into the audience, into the audience, ticker tape everywhere, covered the whole bloody place. And, and this uh, music, dun, 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 um, in the background, everybody knows that music. And, um, uh, and he's struggling towards this. You could feel his struggle. And, um, and near the end of the play, when he sort of meets his love, who he had lost through, and met, met again through the struggle, it went dark again. And um, out of the darkness, these huge balls started coming out onto the stage. Now, these are about five foot diameter and started floating into the audience. And for about half an hour, maybe 45 minutes after the uh, show had finished, he's sitting, the clown is sit literally sitting on the um, this uh, end of the stage watching us play with these balloons in the Gaiety th Theatre. And that was just mind-boggling, mind-boggling. And it, it, just, it just gave you that love of magic for, for theatre. Like, there's, there's magic in film, but there's, like, whoa, uh, there's serious magic when you can uh, create that moment in time live. With, you know, yeah. no tricks, really. That sounds amazing. That sounds like a really, really cool production to have seen. Um, and just moving us on to our topic for this week, which is ensemble. And obviously with Machness, they create moments in time. But they really do engage with the sense of ensemble and get the, the sense of teamwork. And I have a great love of Machness. Paul obviously has a great love of Machinus, so that's something that we're going to touch on now briefly. But first, as I study design versus screen, obviously I have 
great experience in ensemble work in collaboration when it comes to the arts when it comes to live performance and creating a piece and the times that we did do live performances within the course and also working in film there was collaboration needed everywhere so i was wondering why do you think it is important for ensemble in the artistic world i guess or any form of ensemble and teamwork when it comes to creating a product at the end to be honest, when uh, you sent me an email and you said we were going to talk about this, and I've heard that word many, 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 many times, and I know what it means, but uh, I wanted to look it up in the dictionary. So I did. Um, and uh, it's a, uh, a gathering of a, of a team of people together uh, to create a common goal. And um, that's what we do. Um, and it, uh, in, in my time, um, uh, which is not too long, but um, feels like forever, um, <laughs> in all the things that I've made and created, and I suppose this is the weird thing for me being here on my own, is that uh, I've never, uh, on everything that I've created, um, like be stage, film, TV, whatever, street, everything, um, I've never done it on my own. Um, there has always been a team of people. Um, now, uh, and whether that be film, or everything, everything. And what's a weird sort of thing with an ensemble work, and uh, I, think, uh, I think you can call it that, uh, but I think it very simply what it is, if you've done it right, is you create, you gather together a bunch of creatives, um, uh, and I use that word very broadly, um, uh, creatives. Uh, it could be performers, musicians, artists, painters, um, designers, um, people who can just come up with a mad lunatic idea and say, let's go with that, lads. Um, so you put all of those people in a room and magic happens. It cannot but happen. Um, now, and I've seen it. I've seen it so many times and, that, uh, and I've been part of that. And uh, if you've done it right now, uh, what's not part of that uh, is uh, ego. Um, um, uh, just, well, ego is, but uh, in a positive sense. Um, and it's, it's about, it's not about you, it's about the work. And that's, that's what I love about Markness, is, uh, is and ultimately with all the jobs that I've done that I remember fondly, Markness always has done this, is, you don't create an ensemble, you create a family. Um, a family that you might not meet for a year and then when you come back a year later, it's uh, all hugs and kisses and uh, let's get straight into it. Let's create this mad lunatic stuff that uh, when you are told it. I'll never forget the first time I was, uh, I was asked. Um, it was 2014. And I was at, uh, and I know Nolan Cavanaugh. Nolan Cavanaugh is a friend of mine before I ever met, entered Markness. Um, I love Nolan. Um, Nolan's uh, like on a different level of um, uh, creativity, really. Um, uh, and, and I get it. I do get it. Um, I get her very well, actually. And uh, she was all stressed out and saying that she needed somebody to sculpt uh, a head for her new, new street performance. Now, I'd known Markness. And to be honest, to be frankly honest, I was scared stiff uh, to contemplate going in uh, to Markness. Now, I'd just come off um, uh, surviving cancer. I was nervous. Uh, I was wrecked, uh, a lot of pain. 
I didn't think I, I actually didn't think I would be doing any of this sort of stuff ever again. And uh, the, uh, I was very low place, and I I was uh, and like to even contemplate doing something like that, um, the anxiety just shot through the roof. But we were just talking, so it was I wasn't doing anything. We were just talking in our in our kitchen, and. Um, she said, no, I just need somebody to scope the head. And, and I, uh, I was trying to suss her out and said, what else do you need doing? Uh, and am I going to be, if I say, yeah, am I going to be landed with a rake of other stuff that I can't handle? Um, she said, no, 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 I, I just need somebody to scope the head. And, um, and I says, okay, I'll do it. And um, uh, I went into Machnus, uh, into Fisheries Field, which if anybody's not been there, you should go there. It's just, uh, it's steeped in, creativity um, it's fallen down um, but it's steeped in, in creativity and uh, I enter into the place and I meet these uh, uh, two dudes um, Pete Casby and um, Dave and I go okay what are we making and this is an 18 foot tall giant and I went oh uh, and I'm going no, you gotta be kidding me um, so that uh, we did um, um, I, uh, I sculpted Crom's head um, with a, another fabulous sculptor uh, called Paddy Hine, who I taught in model making. And that's the wonderful thing about this industry is that uh, it's sort of like you go around in a circle and you teach somebody, um, uh, well, they get inspired by maybe your work, maybe, or similar work. You end up teaching them, you end up working with them, and hopefully then they teach somebody else. Actually, he is, he's teaching in, um, um, uh, the Lear. Um, so, uh, yeah, Magnus all started with Crom. I have very fond memories of Crom, and uh, I, think, I think a lot of people uh, have fond memories of Crom, I have to say. He's a wonderful, wonderful character. Yeah, I think Crom is very much the, I think, the focal point of some of the research I've done, some of the images I've looked at of Magnus. He certainly is a fantastic character. And for our listeners who might be working in a collaborative setting in a smaller scale, so possibly like two or three people, it could be for a college project or it could be for something outside college. And there's a lot of interdisciplinary at play. There's a lot of different dynamics at play. There's a lot of different abilities at play. And it can be quite difficult at times to really level out all those differences in a way to heighten I suppose heighten how we're going to approach the task at hand and I suppose what do you think would be great advice for people like that when you're working in a collaborative world how how to go about engaging with each other don't be an arsehole don't don't be that person don't be that person don't be the one to say no don't be the one to uh uh, be uh, negative. Uh, uh, now, if it deserves criticism or it deserves that um, maybe it should be done a different way, that's okay. Um, um, I'll, I'll never forget this thing. It was um, um, it was the director of uh, Looney Tunes. You know the cartoons? Yeah, and he would have a meeting once a week and it was called the Yes Sessions. And in though, if, I think with collaborative work, um, and uh, is it's uh, in, in, a, in a way if you can treat it like play uh, in a way like kids kids and uh, I know it's serious I know we've got a budget but let's put the scary stuff aside for a minute and play and uh, he, he his one rule 
within that session was you were not allowed to say anything negative and you weren't allowed to use the word no. Um, uh, you're only allowed to add to the idea. Um, and uh, what he found after you know a week of working together, yes, they would have an idea. Sometimes some better than others. But you'd, he would find that the most negative person in the room would get so frustrated with not being able to say anything, but had to say something positive that they, uh, they would add to the idea and push it forward. So don't be that negative person. Mm. Be, the one, be, be the one that, uh, listen. Listen is, a, listen is a hard thing. Because um, if, you, if you actually listen, um, you're not talking. If you're talking, um, it's very hard to listen. I'm not saying don't talk, but um, um, and uh, and there's a difference between uh, listening and actually hearing what the other person is saying. And uh, and when I said earlier about ego, um, your idea is not necessarily the best idea. Um, I, I an, another uh, very clever man, um, Walt Disney. He says uh, he, he he never thought that he was the uh, cleverest person in the room. Um, he, he just employed the cleverest people in the room. Um, and so it's, it's not necessarily just about you, but it's a, it's, it should be about their work, their story. And, and to, to be honest, um, when you get, a, like say Magnus, um, the reason why it comes together that, I, I, seriously, any student, anything out there, uh, Marcus, yes, it's a lot of people and we've done a lot. A, a lot. Um, so, uh, and we're able to do it. But do you think we're not scared? Do you, th do you, do you th think we're going to a room and we're full of bravado and confidence? Uh, no, no, we're not. Um, and it's, this, it's the same with students and I see it all the time. And, uh, uh, you're f and I, I see I, I, you even had them on the show, uh, Animism. Uh, now, I don't consider them students, I consider them um, a production company. Um, and I have seen their work. Um, uh, I had the privilege to work with them. And, and now, when I say work with them, all I did really um, was uh, look at their work and get excited by what I saw. So, so I, and I hope that pushed them that bit further on. Um, but uh, students doesn't. I, I sometimes I don't like using that word because it, it sort of puts them down lower than they than they are. Um, if you've got a bunch of people. Um, like, and you're stuck for an idea, or, or you just get on together. Go out, I don't know, have a drink. Maybe at the, at the minute it's difficult. Um, enjoy each other's company. Enjoy um, um, uh, working together. Um, that's the first thing that really does help an awful lot. Um, but um, what are you trying to say? Why are you doing this? If you answer that why, um, uh, like I, I don't do anything um, because if I don't want to, I do it because I love to do it. Um, if you can answer that question, um, then everything happens after, all after that. So, um, ego, watch it. Don't be an arsehole, and um, uh, and don't be the negative one in the room. I would hundred percent agree with you there. And just for artists myself kind of especially when I left college I feel like since then my my work has changed hugely and I think it's because I have taken emphasis 
off of creating work for other people feeling like i have to create work that is pleasing other people because especially when you're in college you feel like you're kind of making work for your tutors which is wrong as well you're not making it for your tutors you're making it for your own self and your development but there is this fear of failing there is this fear of will you create work that is successful and uh, i think it's i think it's the failing end of it that really helps you develop um especially when you're creating work you need to fail to like, succeed really last thing i did um uh, with Magnus, um i failed dramatically oh my good god it was uh is for gilgamesh um it was supposed to be a um a, a, a a, a real actual show not not just on the street that was going to happen too uh, but it's a, um, a real show and i was employed uh, to create gilgamesh's armor and uh, i had this idea i'd do it this way this way this way and it completely balled out me it just wouldn't happen um i wasted time i wasted money um and um uh, and the stress on me was huge because uh, i've wasted so much time and they needed this um so uh, i did fail uh, completely failed um uh, but did i give up no um did i have a panic attack yes um uh, but i took a step back and uh, right how are we going to do this what have I got around me? And um, I just did it a different way. Um, there's always another way. Um, and uh, the thing with grades, I wish there were none. Um, um, I, 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 they don't serve a purpose, to be honest, uh, in first year, because everybody's always wanting to please Paul or Martin. And I says, it's not about pleasing me. It's just not about that. And it's not about getting the A. And, uh, and so what if you get the A? So what if you, uh, and somebody's A might be somebody's C. Uh, like, but like, it's their journey, it's their journey. Now we have to put a, you know, a grade on it. I wish we didn't, to be honest. Um, uh, because I see people, I, I've seen two ways. Uh, I've, seen, I've seen people who uh, uh, get a low grade and they said, no, fuck it, I'm gonna work harder. Um, um, to get a higher grade or I've seen people who have got high grades and then they're comfortable there and um, they, they don't put in the effort. Um, the effort is, shouldn't be about a grade, the effort should be about the work. It should be about trying to tell the stories, but creating that character, creating that scenes, that's, um, that set, uh, that world, um, that costume, everything. It uh, should be about that. That's what we do when we, when we leave. So why, why not do that when we're in college? I think also what people, well, myself really, when I went into first year, I was ready to go. You know, I was ready to create props, create sets, create costumes that were like Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, you know, Lex level stuff. And um, I didn't realize that it really is a development. You know, college is developing your skill, developing your background, developing your interest. And I know myself I went into costume design and I remember going to you actually at the end of first year and saying I want to go to production design having a little crisis of myself you know what was I going to do went to production design and at the end of fourth year I remember Martin saying to me oh well you're very good at directing you're very good at writing and I was like mm, I don't know and now that's where my path has kind of led me so far so it's it's amazing how much you change and I think that needs to be explored when you're in first year and not worry so much about 
having this end goal having this thing that you have to be this person at the end of the four years you have to do this as a career you know there's so many other things that this will open for you you know clearly a stepping stone or a, a step on the ladder the ladder to what um your, your journey it's it, it's not my journey um you know i did all of that stuff i'm still doing it um I, do i get setbacks um yeah i do um am i scared yeah i am um uh, do i keep on doing it um sometimes no but do i stop no um, um uh, sometimes i do have to uh, you know so, uh, come back reassess and then go forward um but uh, there are many many it, like oh, i see it all the time I see it all the time and um uh, some people don't end up in the design for stage and screen world but as a, going through that process has allowed them to go to onto something else or given them that space to think uh, or, uh, and like i i would just say in first year the biggest thing that you need to do is be open. Just be open and have a go. Um, do I have to be bringing a drawing? No. Um, but if you're not, you work at it. Um, um, uh, you, know, you know, if you have a, a failing, um, recognize it and say, yeah, that could be improved. Don't kick yourself in the butt because of it. Um, but look at it and say, no, I need to work on that. And I'll work on that. But if you think it's going to happen overnight, you're wrong. Um, um, like, I couldn't sculpt when and my and my daughter's uh, twelve, and she says she loved to sculpt like I can, and I can cool. And she says, "How do you do that?" And she says, "Practice, about uh, twenty years of it." Um, um, <laughs> so, and nobody likes hearing that. Everybody, every, every, everybody wants to be able to do all of this, all of this stuff like that. As you said, um, I want to do Harry Potter stuff. I want to make a, um, a hobgoblin or whatever. I says, you have not a clue what goes into something like that in first year or even in fourth year, to be frankly honest. And you don't realize that was a team of 10 people who did it in the first place. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, I, I've been watching Lord of the Rings like back to back at the moment, obsessed, love it. And I am amazed by some of obviously the props some of the prosthetics especially in the earlier lord of the rings films compared to like the newer hobbit and stuff where there's more cgi and a question i have for you because obviously you're a model maker and now that we're going into the more the world digital and cgi do you think that in terms of awards in terms of oscars golden globes and so on do you think that these people are getting enough recognition for their work do you think things are changing because of cgi I suppose I'm reading. I was reading the book at the minute. Um, I think I was. I think I was born. I think about 15 years too late, because um, um, uh, um, uh, I was reading um, uh, Star Wars. Uh, uh, like the, you know, that's when I grew. Well, I was. A, I was a child, but I, you know, I grew up in the um, um, in the 80s, and it was already out massive. Um, but uh, I'm looking at this stuff, and um, it was for it that it's special effects. Um, category was created uh, and because of it because of what George Lucas Steven Spielberg were all doing at that time it was all new don't think that digital wasn't happening at the same time it was mm. and I think there's this war of digital physical um, and uh, I love physical I love actually touching at something but if you uh, look at dark crystal old dark crystal dark crystal new dark crystal um, I guarantee you that if Jim Henson uh, would have been able to use a computer or that technology do you think he wouldn't have used it of course he would have and um, but 
Um, and, and like you look at Star Wars, the only reason they didn't use a computer, they did later on, they used matte paintings. It's the same tricks. It's the same te technology. If you actually look at it that way, um, it just complements each, each other. Um, but uh, I, like, I, well, going back 20 years, there was very little recognition um, for this stuff, really. And uh, in Ireland, there was zip, nothing. Like you were, uh, like I remember, I was like uh, uh, American and um, uh, English crews mostly. Um, so trying to get into that, you're like, you really were the stupid paddy. Uh, and I don't see that likely. That's like would have been said to your face. Um, uh, so what people had to contend with now is, is not that. It's fantastic um, that there is actually an industry here, and it it is actually being recognised. Um, like model making, um, uh, it always was part of SIP2, but now it's actually been brought more seriously. There, um, there is a, a model making guild. It, it and uh, and I think as an industry, it's actually improving. That you know. Nobody can actually do this stuff um, uh, for a lifetime if it continues on doing the hours that people do. Um, you know, people have families, and, and I suppose that, uh, like I couldn't, uh, my health wouldn't let me do it. Um, uh, I just couldn't uh, do it. Uh, not that I didn't want to do it, it's just like I, I couldn't do it the way it was being done. But is it being recognised? I think it is. Um, it could it be recognised more? Yeah, of course it could. Um, are there uh, multiple different sections within the discipline? Absolutely. Um, um, but yeah, no, I think it is being recognised. Um, uh, like I, going back to physical digital, um, will one take over the other? Um, actually, did a thesis on that. Um, and uh, what's bizarre is that. We are very, very sophisticated um, uh, animals. Uh, humans are very sophisticated. And um, there's, uh, uh, I, I talked about it, the, uh, the Uncanny Valley. Uh, that's something that is um, not fully got there. Is that uncomfortable? You, everybody knows it. They've seen a, um, a CG film. The, uh, well, it, it's, um, if you look at an AI, that makes you very uncomfortable, doesn't it? Um, the, um, why? Um, the, one of the films that sort of should be nice and warm and cuddly, but isn't, uh, is Polar Express. And, uh, and you're looking at it going, uh, um, uh, what's that? Um, so there's an element that um, uh, digital can't do everything and uh, physical can't do everything, but together. Um, it can be fabulous, absolutely fabulious, absolutely fabulous. I think, uh, and, and it's not interesting though, we talk about uh, ensemble, um, it, we sort of say digital is one thing and then physical is another thing, but put the two together and, um, and magic happens. Yeah, I agree and I suppose for me, when I watch film, I certainly love seeing the true prosthetics thing in real life um, compared to CGI, digital. Unless it's like done extremely well, which I know in terms of Avatar and things like that, it has been done. But the millions upon millions upon millions and length that it was spent to create that. But even at that, there's kind of this idea that the hyper-realism of that is, is nearly creepy and jarring. But moving along. So a question that I ask all my guests on this show is about the arts in Ireland. And I suppose because of mockness and because of your background in terms of street performance and 
that kind of theatre that doesn't I find anyway get the same recognition as other theatre in Ireland what do you think needs to change after Covid in the mindset of the government of the people to really engage with the art do you think that we're going to commercial um to the other way compared to what Ireland really is which is theatre and that tradition of storytelling so what do you think needs to change how do you put a whether you want to call it a euro a dollar sign or um, a pound where well they might not have a pound for long um, um, but how do you put a value on a little on the on the emotion or, or or the experience that a little girl has looking at this 16 foot tall creature walking through the street with all these mad uh, lights flying all around her how and and the the, the inspired uh, wow um out of this world feeling that she feels at that moment in time and where do you think that that is going to bring her in the future um, that, uh, now, bizarrely, when you listen to Nolene Kavla, uh, she was that little girl. She told me that story years ago, that, um, uh, that she, she, as a little girl, I want to do that. But then you, you look at this stuff and um, I think it's fascinating that um, we all want this, uh, our you know, industry, um, all industry, wants this innovative, creative new idea. And, and I go, how do you think you're going to get that? You're going to get that with, through artists, creatives. Um, now, as far as, well, as far as I believe, um, when it comes to Markness or, uh, or and there are, there are other things, uh, um, uh, institutions, well, do you want to call them institutions? Um, other creatives. Um, other creative companies, um, other creative families, other, other creative ensembles, wherever you want to call them. Um, loads of them. And I, th I think lots of them deserve um, to be um, uh, uh, nurtured, because uh, the art is not nurtured in this country. Um, uh, it's not nurtured at all. Um, how do you put a value on that, though? Um, uh, no, you can. You can put a value on that. Um, um, uh, people try to, um, but ultimately they, uh, they undervalue it um, uh, mostly. Uh, as far as I would be concerned, uh, if you want to look at Markness and just solely look at Markness and value it, and it says, okay, let's value it then. Uh, let's look at 70,000 people viewing that um, uh, in one evening. Um, how much money did they spend parking? How much money did they spend eating? How much money did they spend um, uh, on fuel? How much money did they spend on maybe a costume? Maybe just going out and maybe the babysitter, maybe having a drink, maybe staying in a hotel. Um, um, all of these things, transport, buses, trains, everything. Maybe they feckin' flew over, um, I, I don't know. Like, it amazes me that the amount of foreign people that are there who look at this in complete awe is amazing. How do you put, uh, put a value on that? Um, let's say um, the car park is a euro, that's 70,000 euros. Uh, but let's let's talk reality. Um, uh, maybe everybody spends I don't know, ten. That's seven hundred thousand. Why is that? Why is it not looked like looked at like that? Um, uh, but 
I look at Markness and um, there's only one reason that it exists. It's because people have a dream and people create that dream and make it reality. Um, people might think that we have the best technology in the world. People might think that we have the best um, equipment, um, workshops. No, we don't. Um, uh, I know that uh, the budget is very small and sometimes uh, we've had to go to the recycling um, center because we don't have much money. And uh, we got, okay, that's what we're making it out of. You know, you don't know that when you're the audience member, but we do. Now, there's an element of creativity in that that's, that's of value. Um, but um, is, uh, is Markness nurtured within Galway or within Ireland? Um, and you, how many people around the world know the name Markness? A hell of a lot. Um, uh, as far as I'm concerned, um, Galway should literally embrace it and say, listen lads, you, we love what you do and you're going to do it in this free place over here and you don't have to worry about electricity overheads and we will give you materials um, uh, and, uh, and just let you do what you do. And you never know what will come out of that. I guarantee you that you could do that. You could also create a museum. You could also create a business of people going around. You could also um, have um, a cafe there um, uh, that people come every day. And I guarantee you what would happen around that is a whole industry in itself. Um, um, I, I think, th and that there is something that needs to be looked at um, with the arts. That the arts are is like a, um, I don't know, like a, uh, an oak tree, a little acorn, plant it, nurture it, and everything will grow around it. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. it's like the backbone of society. We don't look at it that. Um, but you're telling me that um, we weren't all fixated on Netflix, listening to music, um, and, uh, and, uh, and deeply missing going to whether it's a cinema or a theatre? Of course we were. Um, and, and the amount of people, uh, it was amazing that the amount of people when, we were, when it came parade night um, on Halloween, um, well the week before Halloween for Markness Parade, the amount of people that put out on social media um, that they, they missed it, um, it, was, it was amazing, absolutely amazing. Um, we need to nurture the arts. Um, and give it just, see, I think, I think there's this thing with um, uh, artists, uh, um, giving them free money, nothing free about making art. Nothing free about making art. Um, um, uh, like no, no matter what uh, you like, you, you couldn't pay an artist enough to get what they give you. Uh, you just couldn't because the amount of time and um, and soul that they put into something, um, like this, it, it and it should be ingrained in society. It should be ingrained even in the um, uh, like an artist. What? Why can't you get uh, be an artist and have um, uh, a wage? And just do what you do for society um, and, um, and make society better and inspire the people who maybe will go out and make the new spaceship. Um, I don't know, um, but that has to be there. Yeah, I completely agree with everything you've said there. And I think everyone has kind of touched on it over the past few weeks with these interviews that really it's the backbone of the irish society the arts the culture and it just needs to be nurtured it really does um so just coming back as we wrap up here now uh, could you tell us where we could find your work 
is there anywhere we can follow you on instagram facebook i know you do also a course for people so if you could tell us a bit more about that uh, i'm not I, people think i'm good at this stuff i'm crap at this stuff oh my god um uh, and do i get it wrong all the time but uh, uh if you, anybody wants to look at stuff just go to uh, paul mcdonald design uh, on Facebook, on Instagram, uh, or uh, if you want, you can go to the website paulmcdonalddesign.com. Um, but uh, and uh, YouTube, uh, Paul McDonald Design. It's fairly simple. It's Paul McDonald Design. Um, uh, put that in and put puppetry beside it, and I'll pretty much pop up, I'd say. Um, but uh, and if anybody's interested in like you know having having a go, and it doesn't matter if it's good. It, it, it actually doesn't matter. Um, uh, what matters is that you had a go. Um, I did a thing called Sculpt the Skull during um, uh, COVID, the first lockdown. And there was 100 people attended. And, um, and then uh, uh, YouTube bumped me off. Um, so I had to go on to uh, Facebook. But anyway, there was loads of people that um, uh, did it. And uh, so there's a whole thing up there, six hours long, free, have a go and um, sculpt your skull and send me a photograph of it when you do because I'd love to see it. And you also do, I, know, I don't know what you're doing at the moment with COVID, but you also do a workshop on the uh, sculpting. Yeah, um, that got, gutted me, I have to say. Um, and I haven't fully gotten over, or got, not gotten over, but gotten around how you, I, I think I have, um, but it, it'll take a lot of planning to do. Um, um, uh, you cannot replace just walking into the room and just going, see that there, where you go. Um, uh, whereas to do that in this format, it's a lot of prep, a lot of work, an awful lot of work. And when something goes wrong in this scenario, oh my good God, um, uh, it, that's hard. Whereas, uh, and uh, uh, in the past, I've done uh, workshops in Machnes actually. Um, they, um, they've allowed me use uh, Fisheries Field, which is a fantastic place to do it. And um, I started off, um, I t I'll tell you a quick story and I'll ra uh, that'll be me finished, I'd say. Um, I do sculpting classes and it's a five day course. And then it extended into a 10 day course where we, um, um, people at home probably can't see, but there's a dude behind me and he's dwarf, he's, a, he's silicone skin, hair painted, all that, blah, 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 blah. Uh, he's as real as you, pro as real as you probably can get. Maybe, maybe somebody, there's other people who can do better, but, uh, uh, but uh, it's, I, I'm happy with him. Um, but the first, very first time I ever did the sculpting course, um, I was asked by a lot of people, would you do something like that? And, and I'm going, uh, I said yes to the face, but then uh, when they left me, I said, there's no fucking way I would do something like that. I'd be scared stiff. Uh, I was home in my parents' house on Facebook, playing. playing. Now, this is again, I'm crap at this stuff. Um, literally playing uh, with the idea of doing a, a five-day sculpting workshop. I had one crappy photograph. And, um, and I was literally rudimentarily, I mean really rudimentarily, Put it up on Facebook, you know, on the events, you know how you make an event on Facebook and I put the photograph up, put, um, you know, a five day character sculpting course um, and um, blah, blah, blah. And he, in my head, um, now this will tell you how stupid it was, um, it, 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 the, what the date that came into my head, you know race week in Galway? Yeah. That's, that's the date that came in my head and uh, I just put it down uh, and I said, ah, feck it put the uh, computer to sleep, went to bed, 
woke up and my feckin' Facebook was lit up uh, with people saying, yes, I would love to do this. And I'm going, what the hell did I just do? I had nowhere to do it in. I had no price on it. And I had loads of people to do it. I was never going to do it because um, I was so scared to do it. Uh, I don't think people get that. Uh, um, um, but anyway, I did it. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, uh, Grace on the Mon, um, they uh, are skill net in Spiddle. Uh, they part funded it. Uh, they saw it and said, can we be in on this? And they've been very, very good to me. Unfortunately, this year, I didn't get to do it. Um, I was going to do uh, two courses this year um, and it all went belly up. Um, but what I've done, now I haven't got paid or anything like that, um, and I didn't want um, payment, I just wanted to give people a little bit of what, entertainment or see if they could do it themselves. I sculpted Beckett and put that out live and did sculpt the skull and people can do that if they want. Um, but next year, let's hope this stuff is back to normal and we actually get people in a room again fantastic and obviously we will tag paul's links um in our post so you can find him there thank you so so much paul for joining me today it has been a privilege thank you all for listening stay safe and keep creating